It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, I'm at Sundance. We are live, and I'm actually joined by the filmmakers and subject of the documentary Bad Press. So joining me today is the directors Joe Peeler and Becca Lansbury-Baker, and also Angel Ellis, who you are the central figure. So Bad Press revolves around a newspaper, the concerns are of an Indian nation. Yeah, the Muscogee Creation Reservation <laughs> was just affirmed in the United on. States Supreme Court about the time we were working on this documentary. And it was that Supreme Court case affirming the nation's reservation boundaries that inspired public officials for the nation to censor the press. Okay. And it sparked this whole thing. So. Wow, okay. So I, as I was watching, because I know we'll get into this, but really quickly for the audience, the Muscogee mm-hmm. tribe decided that, hey, if we don't like what you're printing, you're not going to do it. So we don't want to hear about the murders and the robberies and the rapes. Only- Why would we pay to hear about all of the bad things when we're fighting this outside perception to the rest of the world, right? right. That was their kind of concept in their minds. Like, we fund this thing. And our money is being used, and these stories are being used to fight us in a Supreme Court battle. So that was kind of the genesis of it. And they repealed the right to free press in That's right. 2015. That's, well, they, they made the first law in 2015, oh. and then in 2018 repealed it. I couldn't help, while watching the documentary, going, so did the tribal leaders take a note out of President Trump's playbook? It's a valid question because there was that that feeling in the whole nation, the whole United States at the time was kind of getting squirrely with their presses, right? Like they were, they were, there were people saying things about journalists where journalists used to be more respected. You hear the president putting uh, journalists down. Well, then maybe that just trickles down into the tribal leadership. You don't know. Like no one ever specifically said that to me or anything, but you kind of wonder if that, that feeling in that environment and the rest of the world wasn't catching you know so let's go back a little bit just so our audience understands when did you start working for the muskogee paper so i originally started working for the muskogee creek nation in 2008 um we were a part of a newsletter it was kind of government-funded newsletter and it was mostly telling citizens about services and then rebecca is the editor at that time and she hired me on and we had this great talent pool like kids who had gone through j school and could really do the news and the chief at the time said why don't you guys do what you're trained to do and the only problem with that though is chiefs change every so often you don't know what the next guy's going to think so i'm doing a story about embezzlement cuff and stuff picture on the front page of our newspaper for the first time it didn't hit well and i got fired so I went away for seven years, and I came back in 2018. Three months later, we were repealed, censored, and they've taken over my newspaper, and it was an awful feeling. So Yeah, it sounds like it. So you got involved, Rebecca, 
sorry, that was Angel who was speaking. So Rebecca, you got involved in this because you were with the paper, but then you decided to create a larger audience so more people knew about this problem by making the documentary. Absolutely. So as Angel mentioned, we'd worked together previously. So we've been down in the trenches together back in the day as my, in my former life as a tribal media editor for Muskogee Media. was uh, Muskogee Nation News was the newspaper at that time uh, back in the day. So, you know, I've worked with Angel and some of our other subjects, Jared and Sterling, who you'll see in the film. And, you know, there are just such nuanced challenges that reporters covering Indian country are facing. And, you know, Angel talked about a few of them, but, you know, transparency in Indian country is, is such an issue. And in my role with the Native American Journalists Association now as the executive director, you know, we see stories like this of, uh, you know, efforts to actually, you know, unbiasedly report on these tribal nations and the important issues that are happening, you know, being squashed by tribal governments because they don't want to air their dirty laundry and present, <clears throat> uh, you know, a positive image. And so we see it a lot. And I just thought, like, this is my nation as a Muskogee Creek Nation citizen, too. And I can't let this be swept under the rug. I have to tell and help the, you know, reporters get their side of this story, you know, out there to a broad, you know, greater audience. Because, you know, I think so many times we, it, it's like, feels like we're working in a silo when we're in Indian country and reporting on these issues. And um, at the Native American Journalists Association, our annual conference every year, it, free press is a, you know, an issue that we cover that no one else, in, you know, in the world is talking about and having discussions and, you know, support supporting our journalists that are, are doing um, these stories and covering their tribal nations. But this is, you know, the one place that we do it. But, you know, on the other side of that, it's like so great to have that support and be able to, you know, have that community. But, you know, oftentimes we're not talking about it enough outside of, you know, ourselves. And so I felt like this was a way to elevate the story and get it in front of, a, you know, as wide a, an audience as possible and, you know, you mentioned the obvious connections to the 2020 election, you know, going on at the time and still very much relevant to <laughs> the political landscape that we, you know, have today. So, you know, these reporters in Indian country have many of the same challenges as, you know, at the national level covering politics. But it's, you know, nuanced because we're doing that with our own communities. It's our own families. It's our friends. Um, you know, as Angel says at one, you know, point, in the story, you know, sometimes you're slaying heroes in your own community, and that's something that is, you know, pretty unique to Indian country and a, a big challenge of what we do. It was a shock for me because we've all covered the international stories where there's no free press in North Korea and in Russia in the last few it's years. Happening in this country. Yeah, and it didn't occur to me it's happening in the United States, but it's because the Indian tribes are self-governed. Right. It's in a, they're emerging democracies are what our tribal nations are. Some of them, like our nation specifically, its constitution was adopted in the late 70s. So, so imagine those first architects of the United States' constitution. Where were they at in their first 30 years? They were still figuring things out. And that's very much what our tribal nations are doing, trying to figure things out, trying to get to a, a place that serves everyone. And in the meantime, you have to really watch and be, be transparent in order to preserve it 
so that it doesn't become a pocket for gaffed and fraud because that's really possible especially in the tribal nations that have gaming funds right it becomes very lucrative to immerse yourself into politics and do whatever you want when you have the cover of of uh you know dark right when we're trying to shed light on these instances to serve people so joe how did you get involved in the this documentary uh, so I'm friends with Garrett Baker, who is Becca's husband and our fellow producer. And uh, Garrett and Becca came to me after the Free Press Act was repealed and basically said, do you think this could be a movie? Uh, Becca didn't want to let the story be swept under the rug. And uh, I have a documentary background. Uh, Becca obviously has the background in journalism and neither one of us had ever directed a feature film before, but we thought if we combined forces, maybe we could tell this really important story and not let it just go away. And so I think they approached me on a Monday. Uh, we met Angel over Zoom on a Wednesday, and I was in Olkmulgee, Oklahoma on Friday, and I filmed all weekend, and it kicked us off to an, a nearly four-year journey to as Angel fought for free press and her wow. tribe. Was anybody outside the tribal nation covering this in their papers in Oklahoma or anything? It's, oh, guess what? Free press doesn't exist on the reservations in our own state. You mean like generally like covering free press or the lack thereof in the mainstream outlets? Mainstream outlets, yeah. You know, it's tough because when the free press act was repealed, there was some coverage around that at the Muscogee Creek Nation. But a lot of times, you know, it's tough to get mainstream outlets to pay attention to what's happening in Indian country, even for an issue like this that's so important. And so it's like where you would think that this would be a very important issue, you know, to cover for mainstream outlets. There were a few stories and then, you know, everything kind of died down. But it's unfortunate that many times, unless there is a big story about, you know, what are some examples of a like chief in handcuffs? <laughs> yes, mainstream media loves a chief in handcuffs yeah. story. <laughs> yes. They love an embezzlement story. Yes. They love an Indian doing something wrong if it's, it's if it's implicitly very bad. Mm-hmm. But when it's policy, when it's elevating the lives of Indian people, they don't really get in on that. Uh, you know, impact reporting and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It's kind of a much shallower. You know. But it's their market, right? Like, their market doesn't, like, pay for those stories, right? The mainstream is the broadest market. And your advertisers want what appeals to the broadest market. That is not Indians. That Indians are 6%, you know, like, of the population. So the numbers there just don't match up to get that word out into the mainstream. But what's really important to an indigenous community like ours, we live in a big news market. People do rely on the network televisions and stuff, but they just don't always cover those deep core issues that need to be, and they don't know how, right? Like how, how would you, as a mainstream person outside of a tribe, know where to begin to tell that story? So how does the paper get its funding to publish? 100% the tribal government or 100%. have you tried to collect ad revenue from other sources that could help with like, hey, 20% of this comes from outside revenue, so 20% of my paper can be not the good stuff. <laughs> we, we have some, a little bit of, we, more recently we've diversified a lot more and we're, we're pursuing grants and things like that, but that goes into tribal accounting systems. All they have to do is not approve my purchase order for the printing and my paper is shut down. That's as simple as that. Even today, with a constitutional change, there are still 
worries that they could try to shut us down. Um, so we still have work to do because whoever has the money has the power, right? And so we're trying to work on that now. But back then, it was 100% tribal funded, and it still mostly is. And uh, if they don't write the checks, then we don't operate is how it, how it works. Um, so even with grant funding coming in, they kind of could you know, wow. make those decisions. I don't want to give too many spoilers away in the documentary so that people can watch, but today, are, do you have a more diversified storytelling than like from 2018 till last year? I would say what we have today is an empowered storytelling team. They saw the community come and vote to preserve their work in that most highest and highest form of law that you can enshrine law in our constitution. And so now we have an empowered team and that makes a big, big difference. Um, we are working now to kind of diversify and include more, um, more citizen uh, inspired media, the stories we have a really great connection with our audience and they drive a lot of what we pursue as stories. I would, I would say that, it would it would alarm or maybe even surprise mainstream media professionals to see how close we work with our audience because they're they're the ones blowing the whistle they're the ones giving us the tips and then we pursue it for them so they see us as our, our as their own sword and shield and we're definitely functioning in that way now so that's a wonderful improvement and there was one person i saw in the documentary who said she was 40 years old and it's the first time she's ever registered to vote was that just voting in the tribal or voting? Tribal voting. Just tribal voting. So it was the first time a citizen felt there was an issue important enough that she went and voted. A lot of times our citizens feel like they can't impact their government because some of this is like relationships, like fa big families can get a person elected and things like that. But to, for a person to finally say, this is a topic that I believe is important enough that she went and registered to vote for the first time blows me away because we really serve these citizens and I consider them every registered Muskogee Creek citizen. I consider them my boss, 96,000 bosses. And, and we want to serve them in the, in the best way possible. So when they came to the polls and voted for us, it was a, a wonderful moment because 76.25% of people said, we believe in you. And that's better than any of those politicians ever had. So I get to go into these meetings with the politicians now, and I get to say, do your constituents support you like mine do? Right. And that's a really powerful thing. Joe, where this film, it's Bad Press documentary, can be seen at Sundance Film Festival right now. Has it been picked up for distribution anywhere yet? Uh, we don't have distribution yet, uh, but you can watch it online between January 24th and the 29th uh, via the Sundance app. You can buy a digital ticket. And then we hope, we uh, aren't quite sure what the future of the film looks like yet, but we hope that we have a robust festival uh, trajectory over the next year. And so hopefully that'll give audiences around really the world to see the film as we stop in different places and potentially online. But ultimately, we don't have any distribution yet, so this is the way to see it. Okay. Is there a website that people can go to if they want to learn more about this issue? Because I, I know it seems very specific to the Indian nation, but as I mentioned, the free press issues are happening all around the world, and we were very close in the U.S. for a few years in our general mainstream, and it's still a little bit 
sketchy I have. <laughs> just I get bad messages every day. From it's hard people. to be a journalist. In this yeah, yeah, absolutely. There um, were so many times while we were filming where we really felt like what we were seeing on the ground in the Creek Nation was a microcosm for what's happening in America yeah. right now during the last five or seven years. Yeah, so it makes sense that yeah. <laughs> it resonated with you. And some resources that people can learn about if they're wanting to learn more about Native American journalism specifically, check out the Native American Journalists Association. They have tons and tons of resources. They do t- so many trainings. Journalists who want to learn how to tell indigenous stories better can find everything they need there to equip them. And then I would so encourage anybody who's mainstream looking to do indigenous coverage maybe partner up and collab with some indigenous journalists. You'll find them there and they are always happy to amplify stories. And so those partnerships and collaborations are really what's going to heal mainstream and indigenous media because none of us have the money to go and do all the things we want to do. We have to work together. Bad Press is the movie. And is there a website to go to right now? Uh, We do not have a website, but you can check out hashtag Bad Press Film, and we've been posting all over Instagram. So, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Again, directors Joe Peeler and Becca Lansbury-Baker, and also Angel Ellis, who has lived through all of this. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.